Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to this episode of our podcast. Today, Emily and I are going to be answering the question, what does a recovery coach eat for lunch? Um, So I think actually the best place to begin uh, is maybe by simply jumping straight in and asking you, Emily, if you're prepared, um, what did you have for lunch today? (laughs) I had for lunch today an interesting assortment of things because we came back from a holiday, the bank holiday, and realised that yeah, we we needed to do a food shop. So last night was a freezer freezer mix, and today was oh my gosh, what I only had it like a few hours ago. What, what did I even have? I had uh, eggs. We'd got a bit of leftovers from a pasta meal that we'd made at the weekend. Um, I had some crisps. I, I wow. I, wow I mean that in itself is an insight isn't it gosh in my eating disorder I'd have been able to tell you every single thing that I'd had for lunch for the last week let alone struggle to remember what I had a couple of hours ago but yeah no it was basically like I made scrambled eggs on toast which is something I really love and then I had it with some pasta that was left over um so yeah because our fridge is looking a little bit there at the moment (laughs) (laughs) and as as you say I think that offers a a wonderful insight into um so so many things but also kind of the attention that or lack of attention you are able to give towards um your lunch it of course has to be adequate to support your energy levels but that's done I suppose in a really unconscious and quite natural way nowadays it doesn't have to be um kind of really thought through is this enough etc it's probably just a case I assume of um what sounds good right now but yeah. maybe what's convenient right now what's available absolutely and, um, I, feel of, it, yeah. I feel it's it's truly intuitive and not diet culture's version of intuitive but actually genuinely intuitive like okay. get hungry go to the fridge open the fridge look at what there is sometimes we've done a shot and there's loads of stuff and I I don't know, I have all sorts of different things. Sometimes it is leftovers. I find those are really convenient. I still think that convenience wins for me most of the time. But I, as I said, I love doing sort of egg variations on toast with salmon and with uh, avocado, all that kind of stuff. I like doing pizzas as well. Like pizzas are still an absolute staple. So easy to just whack in. Um, sandwiches, baguettes with crisps, like all sorts of different things. But the key thing for me is it's it's I open the fridge I see what's there and I just eat what I fancy there's no pre-planning there's no consideration of what's happening later it's just truly intuitive in the moment Mm -hmm. no definitely and that's very much the same with me I think there are certain occasions where I know that my schedule is going to be a little bit more busy than others and potentially if I have been able to there have been some uh, pre-planning in that just to make the day go a little bit more smoothly but the vast majority of the time I'm I'm so 
um, up for the convenience uh, solution <laughs> in the moment, just kind of open the fridge, see what's there. And I think um, there, I must say, there was a transition to that point, a, a huge and, and quite gradual transition where I had to have more attention on things. Mm. I really had to make sure that um, the fridge was stocked when I was busy, just to make that kind of yeah. more effortless um, choosing process be actually in the moment more simple than kind of okay I'm still on the periphery of of recovery and I've got a few options in front of me but nothing seems to go together I'm so far beyond that place it's no longer relevant to have kind of this perfect meal and albeit it shouldn't be in recovery but I think as I was emerging I needed a little bit more kind of fluidity to the process than they would than I would expect um to be to feel necessary right now so um one one example where would be just for for today um we were running low I think a common theme after a bank holiday running low on food (laughs) and so we popped out to do a food shop and it got to kind of like um 12 45 and I was starting to feel pretty hungry whilst we were in the food shop so what I did is I grabbed one of their kind of like um, bowl options in there and um, I ate it kind of as soon as I got home the chopping wasn't even unpacked and um, that did me for I don't know an hour or so and then I grabbed something else um, from the cupboard afterwards a couple of cookies mm-hmm. and that also is a common theme for me uh, I will always always have something sweet close to my lunch it's just something that I, I really enjoy but that idea of I didn't start the day knowing exactly what I was going to have for lunch and that being very, very different to when I was kind of in this over planning phase where I think the root of that was coming from how do I make sure that I don't have too much in inverted commas in a day rather than kind of this planning from a really, really positive place, which I think I convinced myself I was doing, but was also being used as a kind of anchor and a limitation in some way too yeah yeah no absolutely and I think you touched on an important thing there that it is different you know when I talk about there the fact I can just go to the fridge open it see what's there and there is an element of maybe not blase but a casualness to it that Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter if I open the fridge and there isn't loads of stuff. I can just mix loads of stuff together. I can just, you know, whack something in the freezer that's maybe going to take goodness knows how long. Sometimes freezer things are irritatingly time consuming. But, <laughs> you know, there is that level of calmness and casualness that comes with being recovered. Because just as in the eating disorder, sort of in the active restrictive part of my eating disorder, everything was rigid and I would know everything that was in a fridge and it was all planned ahead. In recovery, there is a need to turn the tables and use those, you know, turn the hoop jumping into recovery hoop jumping rather than eating disorder hoop jumping. And so there was a need to make sure that the fridge and the cupboards and the freezers were fully stocked, making sure that there was always plentiful supply of stuff, setting myself up to win. And that was something that had to be sort of consciously thought about just in the same way that when you're in the eating disorder there is consciousness that goes into preparing and and controlling and ensuring that all of the safe stuff is there there was a need to really be intentional about right I need to make sure there is everything in the house to set me up to win to be actioning recovery whereas now I think recovered it's that wonderful ability to just sink into the normalness 
of intuitive unrestricted eating which doesn't need to be planned ahead of course you know there's the basic level of planning where you go to a food shop and you're like oh okay so we're we're in for that many evenings and we're going to be okay so we buy that amount of stuff or you, you have that kind of basic level of, of planning but beyond that it's just not it's just not there and I think that that is something which I want anyone listening to this to know is typical of me now completely recovered whereas in recovery and for a while as the transition from recovery to recovered occurs there was still that background intentional um stuff going on that meant I was just mindful of right actually the fridges do need to be full and there needs to be different options and things definitely definitely and I think that as you say that's the real difference um between kind of the um not in recovery versus in recovery versus then fully recovered down down the line I think also as something something quite um interesting that you have touched on just briefly is kind of the almost unglamorous nature of of cobbling together some of these things and um, I'm not saying that eggs on toast paired with pasta um, is in any way um, something that I wouldn't personally really enjoy to be honest Um, (laughs) to be honest um, I've recently discovered like um, cold pasta just being one of uh, just a really really lovely thing and I don't know whether um, that's weird but I will very very happily have a lot of like leftover um, pasta things cold even um Mm -hmm. and I feel as though if I were to um present a lot of my lunches certainly um like aesthetically um it would be extremely boring for me to do so and I wouldn't really like to um, be showcasing a lot of maybe what my meals look like in terms of this is going to get hundreds of likes because it looks so pretty um not from not from a place of kind of um, in any way that my lunches aren't where they should be they are fully satiating and they, they meet all of my needs and more but I feel as though this is um, something I got really um, I think confused about in recovery all of the lunches that I was seeing on Instagram online they were kind of these quite pretty uh, well presented these certain portions certainly of the carbohydrate limitation there, there was just a a certain look to a lunch which really didn't reflect anything that I remembered my pre-eating disorder lunch Mm -hmm. or they didn't reflect any of the lunches of my parents or my sister uh, or just sort of my friends who would just kind of have this just very unglamorous lunch and I think one thing I, I really really think is so important is to remind yourself that when people are posting their food on Instagram they are doing so with an agenda and a lot of the time that can be with the aim to help and the aim to aid or it might be with an agenda to showcase a certain way of eating or a certain lifestyle and I think you very very rarely just see normal eaters on Instagram and and that's not to say that there aren't any but it's those those with the likes those posts which are coming up in your suggested feed that are kind of deep in the algorithm and are being prioritized due to what however instagram do it they are they are people showing their lunches who maybe aren't your just bog standard normal eater for example you didn't post your eggs with a side of pasta um (laughs) I don't suppose um, we come across that type of um, display so often, but that is just generally a very, very normal and standard lunch rather than this kind of 
curated um I don't know piece of art which I think I fell into the trap of thinking was kind of like this this normal portion or this this normal permutation if that makes sense it definitely does and I think the non-aesthetic um element of normal eating is something that just needs to be just needs to be really accepted and separated from what is shown on the highlight reel of social media. Um, And I think this isn't just for lunches. This is for everything. Like the amount of times I have seen the most aesthetic smoothie bowls. And one, I don't want a bowl of smoothie for breakfast. (laughs) Two, I do not have the time or the inclination to make a beautiful, pretty smoothie bowl in this perfect bowl, bowl next to the light that's just right, and with the little sprinklings of things. On. I don't, I don't, I don't have time for that, and I don't want to have time for that. And actually, I'm very happy pouring my bowl of cereal, sitting down and eating it whilst watching some telly in the background, or whilst just chatting away to Andrew in the morning. Like I'm have absolutely no desire or inclination to make my food look a certain way. And I think it's so important to know that normal eating does not look like the sort of Instagram worthy meals that you see. Mm -hmm. Um, It it just doesn't. And the truth of it is, is one, I don't share loads of pictures of lunches and dinners because how many turkey dinosaur and chip combos and (laughs) slightly disheveled looking sandwiches, because I can just never seem to make a sandwich that actually like holds itself. All the bits always fall out. And, um, you know, how many pictures of that do people want to see? And two, I just don't think about taking a picture of it because there are so many more interesting things going on in the world, like literally everything um, to me than taking a photo of that and sharing it. And I think the problem is then what happens is people see so much of the other stuff the beautiful smoothie bowls with all the strange ingredients that I don't even know I mean I wouldn't even know where to buy most of those things but my meals are just sort of bread and milk and just normal food yeah (laughs) Yeah. do you know what I mean just bog standard average food that you could buy in any normal corner shop or supermarket I don't and, and and obviously I understand there are people with genuine allergies and nutritional I get that I hear that and I see that. However, I do think as well, there is a tendency for a lot of the, I don't know, just the, I don't even know what to call them. Just the strange things that pop up and protein powder and everything. Like what is, what? I just just want pancakes. I don't need protein pancakes. I just have pancakes. And I don't know, there's just all that stuff. And I think it, it, for me, that is not what my normal eating looks like. Um, and I think I am definitely not alone in that. And that is maybe different to what you could believe if all you were looking at is what's shared on social media. But I think it's important to know there is a very big difference between what's shared online and what people are actually just who are out there living their lives, doing their thing are actually doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that that niche that you're seeing, that seems like it's everyone um really doesn't have to be your normal way of eating and it's certainly not mine it certainly doesn't sound like yours so I think just the the uh, main takeaway from this um, episode hopefully should be that what you're seeing online as what someone might be having for lunch is not what you should be having for lunch most likely and that goes across all meals um just just one thing to mention um kind of lastly from me when I was on holiday I was lucky enough uh, to go to Indonesia a couple of months ago and um, 
three three or four girls walked in and they all ordered um large bowls of uh they were smoothie bowls all different colors and they ordered them with fantastic juices next to them uh, and one I think ordered a stack of pancakes um they took photos of them and they took about a bite each posted it all over Instagram I imagine um because the photos were taken from extensive angles um and sort of smiled in front of their pretty bowls and plates and then they walked out they they paid and they walked out and for, for my sister and I who were watching on it was just kind of very very sad but ludicrous that there was this presentation of this lifestyle of kind of this is what I eat and this is what I'm enjoying when in reality um that that was all a facade so please please take a step back from maybe some of those things that you're seeing online that's kind of normal things to be eating and potentially some of those people who are influenced by diet culture around you who might be saying that this or that is what they're eating just take a step back and hopefully if you can go back to those roots of your childhood you weren't adding protein powder to your pancakes you weren't adding protein powder into your milk for your cereal your body if you are eating enough can intake a really good amount of protein that is necessary mm-hmm. for it um, just by eating like normal food. So, so my message is, um, what does a recovery coach eat for lunch? She eats normal food that she enjoys, that's convenient, that's very, very unglamorous, and it varies a lot. That would be kind of my, my over and out message. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for one, I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm just sat here. I just... I don't know. I suppose I hear those kind of things or you, you, you kind of know that that kind of stuff goes on, but it's just really shocking like, on so many levels. Like that's so wasteful. Uh, like, there's a little part of me that's like environment. I'm like, that's just really rubbish, you know? And then obviously there's all the other implications of that, but, Oh, I don't know. And you know what, if you just zoom out as well, is that really the life that you want to be living? Or do you want to be the person who goes in and authentically orders off a menu exactly what you want and then sits and is present and who knows, maybe you take a picture because it's really pretty when it comes out. Maybe you do. Maybe you could completely forget and you get three quarters of the way through and go, oh, wish that would have been a nice photo. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> that's what happens to me most of the time. Because I, if I'm going to try and make a post for Instagram or something, I'll think, oh, you know, I'll get most of the way through something and go, oh, that would have been a good, that would have been good actually. But oh, well, oh, well, next time. Um, you know, and I just think there's so much that can be taken from that just Oh, do you know, almost like zooming out from the picture and looking at the life and the person that goes with that picture. And then also just the reality of it and kind of checking in with yourself and being like, who do you want to be? Who is who is your best self? What life do you want to be living? What is your best life? And then I know for one, mine definitely does not look like going in, ordering, taking millions of photos (laughs) and then walking out. Mine looks like going in, picking what I want, eating it and laughing with friends and and looking at the views out the windows or I don't know, talking about plans and I don't know but yeah I would second every single thing you said and add on top that it's it's unrestricted again you know I know this is something we both talk about a lot but the the reality is unrestricted eating is not just for recovery it's not something that there is an end point it's not something that you get recovered and then things change and you do things no my lunches now just in exactly the same way as they were in recovery are completely unrestricted um and yeah I suppose that's that's the thing that I want to end on that's perfect and um very fitting with our with our podcast title I suppose (laughs) absolutely it is (laughs) 
well, lovely to discuss that question with you, Emily, and yes. uh, looking forward to another one. Yes, perfect. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day. Bye.